is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. I'm Don LaGreca. We're going to start out west and some surprising developments last night. Flames, huge win over the Kings, 2-1. to one. All three goals came in this first period, and the goaltending was great. Huge win for the Flames. The Kings hadn't lost since the spitting incident at Madison Square Garden with Keandre Miller. Just unbelievable, like three weeks of not losing a game. But the Flames come up big. Then you look at what Nashville does. They go to Boston, win in regulation against the Bruins. So, you know, the Flames and the Predators, desperate for wins, go up against two of the best teams in the NHL and win. And the Predators win in Boston, which almost never happens, puts the pressure on the Jets. The Jets hit the ice in San Jose. A Sharks team that had lost nine in a row, knowing that they need to win because the Predators and the Flames had both won, although they probably didn't know that the Flames game was over. But still, they allow two third-period goals. LeBanc scores late in the third, and then the empty netter puts away the Jets. They lose 3 nothing. James Reimer, 41 saves. So this has opened the door here in the final two weeks of the season for the Flames and the Predators to actually be serious players here. So here's where we stand. Flames are two points back of the Jets. They've both played 75 games, okay? The tiebreaker goes clearly to Winnipeg. They've got more row wins, more regulation wins. So the Flames are going to have to win it outright, So especially with the, the, as little time is left. So really... It's a three-point deficit, but still, there's plenty of hockey left to be played. Seven games for both teams. And oh, by the way, they play each other coming up. So that's going to make some very interesting hockey between the Predators and the Jets down the stretch. Don, I'd like to paint a picture for you if you'd let me. Please. Remember middle of the show yesterday, you said you wanted to bet the Kings, because the flame stats just told you you had to bet the Kings. Yeah. And you decided against it. You know and what I that just, is? That's good thinking by you. That's good thinking. And then, and then yeah, because it would have been stinking thinking otherwise, right? It would have been sad. But here's, here's what Anthony's not telling you. I pivoted and made my ice pick the lightning. Sure did. At plus 115 on the road in Carolina. Lightning had lost four in a row. But I like the fact that Carolina had played three games in four nights, and I thought Tampa would get off the mat. They blanked the Hurricanes 4 nothing, so I won you some money. We call that seeing the board clearly in the business. That's right. So I talked myself out of the Kings pick. would have been a loss. And I talked myself into the Lightning, which turned out to be a win. So good job by you, Anthony. That's a good producer to point out the positivity around me. So the Jets feeling the pressure. Predators and Flames still very much alive. Now, let's go out east where the Rangers get off to a great start, falter, but then still win the game over the Blue Jackets 6-2. They're completely depleted, the Blue Jackets. There was no line A in this game. So a lot of Jenner, a lot of uh, uh, of Johnny Johnny Hockey, Johnny Gaudreau. 3-0 came 3-2. Igor was very good early in the game, made some big-time saves because it could have very easily been you know, a 4-3, a, 5-4 game after one where the Rangers could have been losing, but Igor had a point-blank save against Jenner, a point-blank save against Goudreau. 
Rangers had the 3-0 lead, became 3-2, because, you know, the Rangers, it, it, there's got to be a constant reminder that they just can't be playing that freewheeling, turn the puck over, they got to get into the corners, and even a, even a, a, a Blue Jackets team that came in tied for the worst team in the NHL, now officially the worst team in the NHL with the Sharks win and the Blue Jackets loss, uh, the second-to-worst goal differential at minus 89 going into the game, but still, they can find the back in the net. They can score. So the Rangers got a little nervous. All of a sudden, 3 nothing became 3-2, but they were the better team in the second. Panarin scores again, and the Rangers find themselves now 10-1-1 in their last 12. They're now two points back in New Jersey for first place. Now, what does it mean? You know, third place, second place. I think you still want home ice advantage. I think it's a tad bit overrated that, you know, it's all going to be Ranger fans at the Rock. There'll be Ranger fans at the Rock, there's no question, but there'll still be a home ice advantage at the Prudential Center. That's why the game tomorrow is going to be huge, because if the Rangers can win that game in regulation, they'd be tied with still six games left to play. And the Devils are kind of swooning just a little bit here. Uh, they had that big win against Ottawa, although they did allow four goals. Um, not great the other night. Uh, so let's keep an eye on New Jersey. They're not playing their best hockey down the stretch. The Rangers certainly are playing their best hockey. We talked about it with EJ back on Monday. I think the Devils are the better matchup for the Blue Shirts than Carolina. But EJ wasn't 100% behind me because we knew New Jersey can fly. But, you know, Hughes has had a little bit of an off month, hasn't been right since coming back from the shoulder surgery, um, shoulder injury, I should say. And the goaltending hasn't been that terrific for the Devils down the stretch. But, you know, how, how will we feel about it when we wake up Friday after that last regular season meeting coming up tomorrow? They both could have 100 points and be tied. Devils can get themselves some separation. We'll have to see. But it should be uh, a lot of fun. Uh, how about the Penguins? They, they fall behind 3-0, giving up three unanswered goals in the first period. They come back with three unanswered of their own in the second, only to lose 7-4 to Detroit. So, listen, Pittsburgh, they're probably going to make it because I just don't have a lot of faith in Florida right now. They lost that game to Ottawa. They've got to play Toronto tonight. So it's kind of tough for the Panthers. The Panthers just still looming three points back. Both teams have played 74 games. If you're wondering about the tiebreakers, they belong to Florida. Regulation wins 31-27 in favor of the Panthers. And the row wins actually favor Pittsburgh 35-34. to But that's the next tiebreaker. So Florida's still in okay shape. But again, not playing great. Lost to the Rangers, blew a two-goal lead. Lost the Battle of the Kachuks, went to Brady as Ottawa won that game. Now they've got to play Toronto. The last time they played the Maple Leafs in Florida, the Leafs put up a six spot against them. So let's take a look at Florida's schedule now as they're trying to make up that gap. They'll be at Montreal, at Columbus. So that's a huge break for them. Two very winnable games after the game against Toronto. Then they go into April home against Buffalo, home against Ottawa again, at Washington, and they close out the season at home against Toronto and at home against Carolina. Not a lot of heavy lifting for the Panthers beyond the game tonight against Toronto and, of course, the final two games of the season, but we don't know what's going to happen in the final week. You know, Toronto may have the two-seed locked up in the Atlantic Division. Carolina might have already clinched the Metro Division, so those might be two meaningless games for those teams just getting ready for the postseason. The Panthers may benefit from that. Now, what does Pittsburgh have left? 
Well, Pittsburgh is going to play Nashville. That game is going to be coming up tomorrow. Then they're home against Boston, home against Philly. Don't ignore the Flyers. They've now won four straight. They beat the Canadians last night. Then they're at New Jersey, home against Minnesota, at Detroit, home against Chicago, home against Columbus. So I'd have to say both schedules are kind of even because, again, those games may be meaningless for Toronto and Carolina in the final week, certainly winnable games for Pittsburgh at home against Chicago and then at Columbus, and then you know get the revenge in Detroit. Minnesota's a tough game. New Jersey's a tough game. Certainly Boston's a tough game. But Florida still has to make up those three points. So... I guess Pittsburgh's in pretty good shape, but that was a tough loss. They really, if they had taken care of business, that game was tied at four. If they could have taken care of business, they would have a nice five-point cushion here, and I would say it's pretty much done. So the game was tied at four after the Archibald goal, but then with uh, less than four minutes to play, Perron scores on the power play. Uh, Perron again scores a goal, and then the empty netter by Larkin is 27th of the year. So that's a nice win for Detroit just trying to play the role of spoilers. So we've got some really juicy races here at the back end of both the West and the East with Pittsburgh and Florida. How about the Islanders, too? Let's not discount the Islanders because of the sheer number of games that they've played. They're going to play their 76th game tonight, um, the Islanders. So they've played the most games. They're going to be in Washington against the Capitals tonight. So with 85 points, it appears they're in good shape. They've got a nice six-point lead on the Islanders. Florida still has a game in hand, and Pittsburgh's got a game in hand three points back to try to avoid Boston in the first round of the playoffs. So still a lot of reason uh, to enjoy these uh, final games here uh, in the regular season. So tonight, Islanders in the Capitals in Washington. Toronto plays host to Florida. Very meaningful. And Minnesota-Colorado is a huge game as well as we take a look at the Central Division. Minnesota's in first place with 95 points. Colorado is a point back with a game in hand, so they can leapfrog and take over possession of first place with a regulation win and still would have a game in hand. Dallas is still lurking. They've got 94 points. They've played the same amount of games as Minnesota, so the Central is still very much wide open. The other interesting game last night we should touch on Nugent Hopkins, five points. McDavid, three. Oilers avenge the overtime loss. In Edmonton on Saturday, they go to Vegas. They beat the Oilers by the final score of 7-4. to four. So here's how the Pacific looks right now. Vegas gets a break because the Kings lost in Calgary. So Vegas has 98 points. The Kings are two points back. Both teams have played 74 games. Now, Edmonton's got 95 points, so they're only three points off the pace, but they've played one more game than Vegas. So things very much wide open in the Pacific Division. So it's going to be fun. These last couple of weeks, the season comes to an end on April 13th. It's March 29th now. Pretty much everybody is in single digits as far as games left. Every game is going to be a lot of fun. This is going to be a fun for battling a position. Uh, Division's up for grabs. I guess technically New Jersey can still catch Carolina. Carolina's got a three-point lead on New Jersey, although Carolina still has a game in hand. Rangers and Devils will play tomorrow. Uh, Carolina's going to be at Detroit. Obviously, the only division pretty much locked up, the Boston is locked up, the Atlantic Division, uh, Minnesota, 
Vegas out west, again, they are very much not clinched any division. So, boy, is it going to be a lot of fun down the stretch here. All right, let's let's hear from you. At Donald LeGreca, hashtag game misconduct. I said I would do a lot of tweets here. Sean says, what is your favorite hockey book for kids? Are there any good ones? I've been reading uh, Dino Hockey to my two-and-a-half-year-old. I think he likes it. If I send you a copy, can you read it to us? I need Don play-by-play. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll try to work that out. I'll send you a DM. Um, um, Graphics Joker, who you can follow on Twitter, sent a children's book about the New York Islanders that I've been reading to my son. Uh, it's a great question. I really haven't stumbled upon any great hockey books for kids yet, but if I do, I'll definitely pass it along to you. Um, uh, David Hine. Oh, and by the way, I should mention... I got the chance to see Courtney last night at the Rangers game, and she's been um, you know, uh, corresponding with David. So I love the fact that we're getting connections, that the listeners to Game Misconduct are kind of hooking up and, and becoming friendly with each other. And Courtney's out in Westchester, New York, and David's out in Spokane, Washington. So they're across the country from each other, and they're hanging out. So I got to see Courtney, and shout out to her mom, she's had some medical problems, and hopefully everything goes well with that. But I got a chance to see Courtney. She was sitting kind of just down from the booth last night when I called the Rangers and the Blue Jackets, so it was good to see her. Anyway, here's David's tweet. He says, I saw you got to meet Courtney at the Rangers game last night, and that I was uh, brought up in the conversation. Appreciate the greetings always. The Wild have won 10 of 20, or 15 of 20 in a red hot. Are they peaking early, or are they potentially a playoff dark horse in the West? Well, you got to like their goaltending. Again, the same thing uh, with the Wild is always the question is how, outside of uh, um, Kaprizov, how much offense can they get? Matt Boldy. Matt Boldy, great point by Anthony. He's, he's a been beast. terrific. What is he now? He's only got like mid twenties in goals, I think, but he's been red hot down the stretch. I like him. He has like two um, hat tricks in two weeks. Yeah, he is really, really good. Now, is that peaking too early? Because there's still a couple of weeks left in the season. <sighs> I know Colorado's always going to get the benefit of the doubt because they're the defending Stanley Cup champions, and Dallas five minutes ago was in the Stanley Cup final. But this this Minnesota team can be sneaky good. I mean, nobody is talking about them at West. All the conversations about Vegas and the Los Angeles Kings, and I know Anthony's high on the Edmonton Oilers, and Colorado won last year, and Dallas went to the finals a couple of years ago, and blah, 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 blah. This Minnesota team can be sneaky good. They really really could be a very dangerous team to have to play in the postseason. Well, Don, let me ask you this. I remember remember I I called the second game of the season for the Rangers, and he popped to me. So the the, the combination of him with with Kaprizov, they could be a very dangerous team in the playoffs. Yes, Anthony. Is the Wilds goalie tandem the best in the West, or is it Jake Ottinger in Dallas, especially the way he played last year? And even though they didn't win that series, I mean, he almost single-handedly won Game 7 for them. With how he played, it's a great question. I probably will lean towards Dallas just because of um, what we, we've seen them do. Um, it's been a while where you could you could say that Minnesota's made any kind of runs. I, I probably lean Dallas, but it's 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 a very very good question. Um, and I and, and I think winning that division I think is going to be important. Getting home ice advantage, you know, Winnipeg, Seattle, or are they team? I, who would you rather face? I probably would rather face Seattle just because of um, how the potential of what the Winnipeg Jets can be. We've seen them make runs before. Um, we've never seen Seattle. It's only their second year. But let's see who ends up winning that division. I think whoever wins that division is going to get a distinct advantage. And EJ brought this up on Monday. 
because two and three are going to play each other. So let's say Minnesota wins the division. Minnesota's going to probably then – let's just take a look, quick look at the uh, the standings here because Vegas has got 98 points. The Wild have 95. So if, if it ended today, Vegas would play Winnipeg. Minnesota would play Seattle. If you've got Dallas and Colorado beating each other up, you're having to go seven where you know it's an up for grab series and Minnesota can make short work of of Seattle, you know, that definitely opens up a chance for Minnesota now to take a beat up winner of Colorado Dallas, and that could be a key to getting to the conference final. Minnesota has not made a run. Correct me if I'm wrong, Anthony. Since that run they made with Jacques Lemaire back in 03, when they went to the conference final and lost to the Ducks, I think that's the last time the Minnesota has made any kind of run in the postseason. That's 20 years ago. Checking now? I don't think... Can you say a run? Well, I don't think... Have they been out of the first round? Yes. So they've They definitely haven't been to the conference final since 03. You are correct on that. And they've made it back-to-back years in 2013 and 2014... They made it to the second round and lost to those Blackhawks teams. Right. So, obviously, really, I mean, one of them was 4-2, to two, and then the other one, they got swept. So, they haven't been out of the first round since 14. Yes. And they haven't made it to the conference final since that, I remember that unbelievable run. They knocked off Colorado. I believe they got swept by the Ducks, because I remember, you know, covering everything back right in 03. Um, because the Ducks swept the Wild, and then the Devils had to go 7 with Ottawa. So the Ducks had a long layoff, and, and many people thought that was the reason why they were like a no-show the first two games of the Stanley Cup Final. And then when it went back to Anaheim, they got their sea legs and actually tied the series. That was a, a front-running series where the home team won every game of the series. Um, and the Devils eventually won in seven. But that's the last time Minnesota's made any kind of a run, 20 years. So maybe on the 20th anniversary, Anthony, uh, they can find themselves back uh, uh, making a run again. We're going to have to give out some good uh, some good bets to the people when the playoffs start. Because we always give our predictions, but if we could pick in six or oh, yeah. give them an upset or how far a team can go, because you know that, that BetMGM, FanDuel, they all give these great these great prop bets that we can now take advantage of because we're just so smart. Oh, we're going to have a bacchanal of a, of a playoff preview in a couple of weeks. I can guarantee I you that. Uh, Jacob says, is the Rangers-Devils series in the first round going to be one for the ages? It, it, it feels like it could be, but again, I need to see more from New Jersey here. they got to pick up the, they got to pick up their game. Jack Hughes has got to pick up his game a little bit. Because right now, the Rangers are on fire and the Devils have been blah. So if, the play, if that series started today, I would not feel good at all about that being an epic series. I'd feel very good about the Rangers romping, but there's still eight games to be played for both teams. and We'll get a, we'll get a good feel on Thursday. I'm really looking forward to the game um, tomorrow. I'm not going to have the call. Kenny's going to be on the call. But uh, what I'm going to do is i I, I got to be in the studio in New York City to do the pregame because I'm doing the Michael K show. But I plan on hurrying up after I finish the pregame and driving to Newark. So I can be in the building for that game. My only, I'm only a little leery. Will I be able to find parking? Because I'm going to be in a bit of a hurry, but I still think it'll be worth it. Um, AZ Ranger says to me, the Islanders are the most dangerous team in the playoffs. They're the best at taking advantage of the fact that the refs put their whistles in their pocket, and they also have the best goalie. They'd be a physical mismatch for the Rangers. Thoughts? Well. Now, the Islanders have played very well against the Rangers during the regular season, although they have not played in forever. They can't score. They can't score. 
I mean, Anthony hit it. They just can't score. And I know you're not playing a lot of 7-5 games in the postseason. And listen, I had Sorokin. He was my pick at the beginning of the season for the Vesna. I love Sorokin. He is definitely an X factor. And it wasn't that long ago that this team went to the third round back-to-back. But they just can't score, and I think it could hurt them. Now, they came up with five goals the other night against the Devils. Palmieri was very good. Parisi's got 21 goals. You know, they're not expansion team bad, but... You know, you're going up against a Ranger team that's going to find their way to score. And I don't I don't think a mismatch is way, way too strong. Courtney says, hi, Don. Thanks again for saying hello last night and for the hug. I really focused on watching Kane and Tarasenko since I haven't seen them live. So much skill. Excited for the playoffs. 13 games that Kane and Tarasenko have played together. It's the first time they've scored in the in, in the same game. Yankee and Penguin says, Hi, Don. What do you think about the idea that came out yesterday about all 32 teams playing on one day next season? Well, we've seen that, haven't we? Um, we've. I think there's been a couple of Saturdays, if I'm not mistaken, where everybody's played. Now, obviously, you couldn't do that when there were 31 teams, but I think they definitely did it before Vegas. I remember when there was a 30-team league, they obviously haven't done it over the last, you know, last year was when we went back to 32. They definitely did it with 30. I can totally see. I would I would like to see that happen for sure. And I knew this was going to come, Anthony, and I, I'm not going to complain about it. But Lee says three weeks left in the season, and Taylor Hall is now healthy enough to play for Boston, but they can't take him off long-term injury reserve because they're over the cap. Why didn't NHL nix Boston's deadline deals knowing this would happen and they would be a, a, a non-cap complaint? What a joke. Well, this is going back to the Kucherov situation from, what was it, last year or the year before, is that he's on long-term IR, so he doesn't count towards the cap. So, yeah, they can make a deal. Hall can't play, but guess when he can play? In the playoffs, because the cap situation gets blown up at that point. I'd like to see the NHL do something. Is it a circumvention? Yes and no. Because it's not a violation of the rules, but it is trying to find a loophole. So they made the Pertuzzi deal, knowing they can fit him in the cap because Hall was hurt and Felino as well. But they're going to be able to get Hall back, but he can't play the rest of the regular season, which doesn't matter. I mean, Boston's already locked up the Atlantic. They're going to lock up the President's Trophy any day now. Uh, I don't think they're that interested in breaking any kind of single-season records. With a loss last night, that's probably out of reach anyway. But getting ready for a cup run, I, I, I understand your frustration. I get it, but... I'm not sure what the league could do about it, though. Don. I don't know what you do. What do you I mean, say? I'm, well, I'm, I'm, you know you're going to have Taylor Hall in the playoffs, so you can't make this deal to help your team in the regular season. But, but that's not right either. Right. Because, you know, uh, you know, you still should have the right to be able to make a deal to make yourself better, and it would also be wrong to make Hall ineligible for the postseason... Uh, if he's healthy. Now, do you really want there to be a, a, a hard cap once we get to the playoffs where there's going to be all kind of restrictions on teams when there's injuries? You know, Do you want to see a team like uh, ha- have um, 17 skaters because they've got a bunch of injuries and can't call anybody up because of a cap situation in the postseason? So I really don't know what you can do. Sometimes we see rookies for the first time in the playoffs. Right. Like Chris Kreider uh, I, when he got called up. I don't know what you can do about it. I really don't. Um, uh, I think Boston had the right to try to improve themselves. Um, but at the same time, they knew Hall would be ready. But what if Hall had a setback? You know, so uh, uh, listen, we saw what Kucherov in Tampa. 
I think it was last year because I, I don't think it was in one of the years they won the Cup, but um, and last year they lost to Colorado. But, Lee, I understand your frustration, and we'll see um, how big a deal it will be once we get to the postseason. All right, this was fun. Anthony, great job as usual. Uh, we'll be back with you on Friday. You know what Friday means, the weekly top five. Get you set for uh, the penultimate weekend of the NHL uh, regular season. So looking forward to that. We will talk to you again on Friday. You want to reach me at Don LeGrenka, hashtag Game Misconduct. is always the best way to do that. Talk to you again on Friday. This was the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LeGrenka.